welcome another episode dr james beckett sports card insights here with rich klein we're going to talk about some aspects of sports cards that would be uh, would relate or be helpful in a homeschooling context in other words what could a younger or older person learn from a uh, from uh, reviewing some cards we'll consider some older cards some newer cards uh, certainly some tops panini and upper deck cards are faithful card company sponsors uh, thanks also to Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentic. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for fronts and backs because fronts you learn how to you know, see how a picture works, how, how to visualize how somebody looks at something. And the backs are text or numbers. And so depending on how much you dig in, you've got spatial recognition a lot of times on the front. And then on the back, you've got ways to teach geography. You've got spelling ways to teach. You've got math. You know, you've got things there. And you've even got things to tell people, hey, don't do this in a sentence. You know, like the famed 1964 Dennis Bennett Brickwise rookie card. This 19-year-old right-hander is only 18 years old. How does that happen? 19 or 18. You don't, <laughs> you know, hey, kids, don't put that in a sentence. You know, he's 19. This, 19, this right-hander is only 19 years old. You can even use that to show how you fix grammar, you know, and teach teach grammar that way. And for a couple of years when we were at Beckett, I know I did a few, and I know Dave Slipka, one of our te- teammates we've interviewed, has done some. We went with Brad Newman to various schools and did various sessions on how to use, in those days, it was today we call it the junk wax or the overproduced error, but how to use baseball cards to teach people. And they were very well received. I mean, you know, I don't think the kids realized what they were able to learn from reading the backs of the cards because it was fun in those days. Well, let's, uh, you know, you're bringing up the fronts of the cards, and I think that's interesting. I immediately gravitated toward the back of the cards, but the front of the cards, like you said, on the spelling, is that there are many different ways to spell uh, a person's name. And so uh, there are a lot of, uh, you know, counterexamples that uh, would open up uh, vistas for young people to see that there's other parts of the world, other cultures that, uh, that uh, you know, phonetically or, or not, you know, have names that would uh, draw someone in, into a, into a, a dialogue with a parent or somebody that, that knew a little bit more about, hey, where's this uh, player from? Well, you know, and speaking like a lot of the Spanish players have the name Jesus. Yeah. Well, Jesus is spelled the same way as Jesus. Yeah. So if you have a Jesus, you know, you can explain, you know, Jesus, you know, if you're a Christian, you can explain Jesus is very important, but he's also very important in the Spanish culture because, and the fact that they're naming their kids Jesus and pronouncing it a little different is not, anything bad, it's actually quite the compliment, you know, and then you look, and then, as you said, phonetics, there's like, I think, Wilson Contreras of the Cubs, the catcher, he has like two L's in his name, and, you know, and every time I type his name in Com C, I have to be careful to remember that, hey, two L's, two L's, not just one L. Will you know? Olson. Will Olson, yes. Well, I mean, again, it's, there's, there's, uh, there's the typical way to spell something, and then there's, but when you're picking your kid's name, you can spell it any way you want to, and then when you find your way to a baseball card. So, so just the name, there's, there's some information there. Uh, reading, you know, our culture has moved more and more toward more uh, fragmented reading and writing experiences. I'm not just thinking about Twitter, but, uh, you know, the, a card back has only a limited amount of real estate. And so the, it's, it's hard to write a short blurb uh, that's meaningful and short, but there are a lot of people that don't like to read 600-page books. <laughs> but to read uh, the back of a card, which might be equivalent to Twitter, 280 characters, you know, they, they can read that, get the gist of that, 
And if there are uh, 20 words on the back of the card and they understand 19 of them and not the 20th, uh, many times they could understand what that word would be in the context of how it fits in the sentence. Well, switching to the comic book world for a second before we go back to baseball cards, one of the great things about Stan Lee when he would be interviewed is they always throw, I'll use the term SAT level words into the Spider-Man and the Iron Man and the Fantastic Four comic books and all those characters. And the reason they were thrown in was to subtly teach the kids, look up this word in the dictionary, look how it works in the context. It's also very easy to learn when you have a photo of the character saying those words. And so it's, it's a great way to teach. You know, and if I remember correctly, the early days of, of score, and we at Beckett wrote an article, and I don't know if I was at Beckett at the time or this, or was this before I got there, was Les Woodcock, I believe was his name, was a longtime Sports Illustrated writer, and he wrote and edited all those bats for score in those days. And so they were well-written bats. And so you, you, in a short period of space, you got a lot of information that was well-constructed, grammatically correct, you know, and good, good ways to read. And then you had some career stats too. So you could look up players and do basic math and basic numbers. So there's a lot of really cool things. And then the players from different parts of the world, you know, even back in the day, people would come from different parts of the world and play in all these sports. I mean, I believe Stan Makita was born in Czechoslovakia or, and if he's born in Czechoslovakia, where's Czechoslovakia? Where's Romania? You know, in the early nineties, you know, Slava Fedosov came from Russia. You know, yes, we know that Russia is where, but where in Russia did he come from? And why is that important that he's coming? You could even use that as part of current events in world history to know, hey, Russia is now a more free country in terms of people are able to leave during this period. And here's, you know, here's one of the results we're getting where people coming to the country, you know, from these various countries. You know, you mentioned comics and, uh, you know, in my neighborhoods growing up, I mean, the kids were either interested in comics or they were in, interested in baseball cards. And uh, one of the hassles of, of, uh, of the kids that were in the comic books was establishing to their parents or whatever that there was redemptive value in the comic books, that the themes were, uh, uh, I mean, cause there was a lot of uh, fantasy and a lot of uh, superhero stuff. And so it was kind of important that the good guy win and that the, the, the story arcs were, were positive. And so for Stan Lee to throw in a few uh, words that would help they say, see, this is, it's an educational uh, graphic novel. Uh, on the other hand, when you have a sports card, uh, there's there's no such concern. I don't think any mom or dad was ever concerned that their kid was going to get bad ideas from reading the backs of uh, of, uh, of of uh, baseball cards, specifically math. Do you think uh, what 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 math? I could make a a pretty weak case for the fact that uh, the, the budding and people you know when I would teach statistics, they would say when am I ever going to use this? And I use a lot of sports examples. Well, uh, calculus is another math course that gets a bad name, but you could actually learn some calculus. The other aspect from, you know, from certainly from my experience with my own kids, I mean, when you, when you say, Hey kids, sit down, we're going to have a lesson. They're going, Oh dad, you know, but if you, if you, if there is a lesson that's learned along the way that they don't, they're not being force fed, that's, uh, that's frequently better because they don't, they don't put up their guard. And so my point about calculus is that, is that calculus is really about the, you know, the different uh, rates of change and trends and uh, and more subtle uh, things in mathematics, and so you're uh, you're you're kind of priming the pump that they are looking at the back of the card, and they can see that a 27 year old is uh, trending up, who's had more home runs each year, or more RBIs, or increasing batting average. I mean, those are the you know calculus can calculate the you know some some aspects of that, but 
deep down, this young person or older person, whoever is looking at it and saying, I think next year is going to be a good year because I can see the rate of increase is increasing. That this this person did this in AAA, but but now they're and then they're they're they they have a lot of potential and they're only this age. So there's 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 higher reasoning skills that you don't that that they just kind of pick up. I think. I think you're right. I never thought about it in those terms, but you're right. <clears throat> How did the player do between the two seasons? And that's something you do see even on you know even on a lot of the more current cards. They may only have the last four or five year stats, but that's sufficient for that purpose. How they're doing season to season. You know, and then if there are massive changes, you can say, okay, he really took a step up or she really took a step up or, you know, in baseball, they went from a bad hitters park to Colorado and Colorado, the ball travels further because, you know, they're up where the air is lighter and the ball travels a lot further in Colorado than it does in, you know, the Astrodome of the seventies. You know, you can do a lot of that stuff that you couldn't normally do, you know, on a, just a theoretical level because you've got a real life example showing why. The uh, one of the one of the not controversies, but one of the tacks that uh, some of the people take in education is uh, at, uh, hopefully uh, in, in their minds an increased emphasis on STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, math. And those are those are more hard sciences, I guess, or more. They're, they're the kind of things that there's there's a right answer and a wrong answer and not. Uh, the answer doesn't depend. You can calculate the answer, but there's also a group that says, "Well, that's that's uh, if we only focus on STEM, that's that's too narrow. We need to make it STEAM and add an A for the arts." Well, don't you have all that in a card? You because do. kids are learning that uh, a card that has bad design on the front, if the art is weak, then it's not going to be as collectible. Uh, and, and, and kids, I think, can know from, I mean, I think there's some, it's not unanimous, but there's some sense that this is an attractive card. And I think that's one of the ways kids can learn about good design, the art aspect of the proportionality and all that. And then they get to turn it on the back of the card and looking at the math aspect or, or uh, asking the, the kind of why questions that come up in, in, uh, in science, like does a ball really curve? <laughs> is it really curving? And is a knuckleball really knuckle? Well, just be on the receiving end of one of those, and you can see that it's it's hard to hit because it, it it ain't straight. Uh, and I think you're right about the art. I mean, even you know, we know that 53 Bowman is so much more popular than 54 Bowman. Yeah, partially because the design is so much better. We know 57 Tops is actually so much more popular than 58 and 9 Tops by collectors because again, it's a more beautiful card. I mean, 58 looked great when Heritage did it, you know, many years later, but it. To me, it never was as anywhere near as attractive as 57 and 59. It's the smallest photo, I think, you know, of the player on the card for a long time. Well, what the problem is, is that you can't, I mean, there's an ebb and flow in all these things. And so the, the, uh, you, you go from maximal to minimal, you go from, uh, from, uh, you know, the, the pure card aspect. What do you, uh, and again, this is the same thing in life and in learning and in, in, in uh, design as well. What do you do for an encore after 53 tops color? Well, you do black and white. Okay. Well, that's, but now what do you do? Well, the, you do sepia, whatever. I mean, there's just a limit to what you can do when you strip it down and make it super simple. Like 57 tops is more attractive, but it's simpler. Well, what do you do the next year? You you have to swing the pendulum back a certain way. Same thing on the card backs. You know, there need to be some uh, distinctive. And it's, again, it's to engage and to draw in the, uh, the, the collector, the person to say, hey, this is interesting. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and, and, and uh, dig into this. By the way, I'm going to speak for both of us here. We commend everybody who's listening, who has kids at home and is working on teaching them right now. Yeah, working with them. 
and 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 uh, you know, the, not the cards are the only way to do that, but but if your kids, it's it's like uh, Diane was asking me about uh, my reading experience as a twelve year old or whatever, and I said, well, you know, I won all these awards for uh, for most books read, you know, in the sixth grade or something. Well, they were all sports biographies, you know. I mean, I would have done that for no credit. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I don't think I could have gotten credit for reading the backs of all 572, uh, baseball cards. Uh, but if they'd give me credit for that, I mean, I probably did it anyway. So it's, um, but you don't think of doing that. It just, it just, it just happens organically. And that's, and I think, think especially when we were younger, you know, we couldn't just turn on our computer screen and look up everybody's history. The backs of the cards is how we really learned about the players. It was our personal touch to the players. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. The that uh, the learning experience. The uh, I think there's uh, the two things I would say. One is that if you can instill in a younger person uh, a love of reading, because reading is going to carry you through, and some some at least if not loving math, uh, being able to find the usefulness in math and being able to handle that, and having some kind of appreciation for uh, what's uh, you know hopefully more attractive. Then you're, you're, you have you, and all that could come from sports cards, and it would be helping that young person develop into a well-rounded uh, uh, member of society. I think reading is key, but and there's more to sport, and that's what we're saying. There's a lot. Sports cards are fun; we love them. But if you need to teach your kids something, sports cards gives you so many outlets, and hopefully in a fun way for them to learn more about their favorite players or their favorite team or players on their favorite team, or just more in a way that's not seemingly as dry and academic as you know what you had to do to get your PhD. I'm sure that was trying and academic. I'm sure you didn't write about, you know, stats on the back of the baseball card for your PhD. But, 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 but no, I didn't. But I mean, basically even, and again, I don't know that this is wisdom, but it, in the way it evolved, the fact that if you look at the uh, you know, T206s, that's, that's really pretty small. Uh, you look at a, a five by seven or an eight by 10, if that was filled up with uh, verbiage, that would be intimidating. It'd be sound like, right. You know, be reading something, take you a few minutes to read. The beauty of having a two and a half by three and a half piece of cardboard that's that that has some level of permanence but needs to be handled with care, and then you can read the back, and you can read the back in fifteen seconds, and you can glean the you know the key information. Again, that's that's helping a young person realize how to kind of synthesize the essence of something into into a, a, a bite sized chunk, and then the next year there's something that that might be similar, might be different, but, but might be an update. So don't forget T two hundred five had had stats and text on the back of their cards we didn't have it there it's just that it's it's uh i can no longer read it i just want to be on the record to say that i can no longer read that but i know it's there and i got to bring out my uh my reading glasses but like i said it's not too small not too big so it's not as intimidating and like i said if you read that what's on the back and you understood all the words except one that's a better way to learn a new word than having your mom or dad say go look it up in the dictionary or now you don't have to turn page. You just ask Siri, I guess. The man in the house of cards. The man in the house of cards. The man in the house of cards. Is doing all right.